I'm going to read uh, today's scripture, which is from Psalm 29. So please do feel free to turn to your Bibles and follow along with me as we read this together. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry, glory. The Lord is enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. And the Lord blesses his people with peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks so much, Anna. Well, good morning, everyone. A really warm welcome to you and welcome to everyone joining us at home. As Anna said, my name's Emily, and it's great to be preaching to you today and in our summer psalm series, and we're going to be in Psalm 29, so do keep that open with you today. Let me pray as we begin our time together. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for the gift that it is to us, and we thank you that you're a speaking God. And we pray that you would speak to each and every one of us today, wherever we're at, whatever situation we find ourselves in, and we would each leave here knowing more of you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, last year, I found myself accidentally going on a silent retreat. I had booked a little bit of time away. I knew I was going to be going to a nunnery, and not something I'd done before, but a place that had a, a retreat center attached to it. Now, I don't know what you'd imagine if you kind of thought you were going to nunnery. In my mind, um, I had the kind of sister act vibe going on in my head of what it was going to be like. I kind of had this vision of getting to hang out with these nuns, we'd become friends, we'd have laughs, we'd have a wonderful time together. It didn't quite live up to what I had hoped for. (laughs) After the first um, kind of prayer service with these lovely nuns, it it was a very peaceful time. They kind of quickly went off to do their own thing, and I realized, okay, we're maybe not going to be hanging out as much as I thought we would. And then I thought, well, it's okay, there's other people here at this retreat center, maybe I'll be able to have a few conversations with them and you know, get to know some new people here. And then I get to the first meal time, and uh, there's a sign on the door that says, please take all meals in silence. I thought, okay, this is literally a silent retreat place I did not know I was coming to. And I probably look like a crazy woman as I'm sat there having lunch with people, trying to do my friendliest sort of facial expressions to make friends to people as we're sitting next to each other for the first time. I come to that place to try and uh, make space to meet with God, and silence is incredibly good for us, but I was not prepared for it in any way. I kept, in fact, going to chat to the lovely receptionist to ask her pointless questions about the place we were staying in just to see if someone would talk to me. I had to confess, I even went into the local town to buy a book because I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to survive a night here with no TV and no one to talk to. But although it kind of felt at times incredibly unspiritual, I was blessed by time away to rest and have peace and did my best to pray and read. And I think actually when I got back 
my husband, who was at that point my fiance, was slightly relieved that um, I decided the nun life wasn't for me. But going away on retreats is an incredibly important thing. If we have the time for it, it's important for our souls and important to make space to meet with the Lord. But let's face it, I think most of us in our kind of busy day-to-day lives and the stuff we've got going on don't have huge extended amounts of times to be silent with the Lord. Yet hearing the voice of the Lord is an incredibly important thing. In fact, it's central to our faith. And this is what I want to speak to us to you about today, the voice of the Lord and what we can learn about it from Psalm 29. Now, the Psalms, as we've been going through, are a beautiful book in the Bible. The Psalms, if you like, the prayer book of the Bible, they give voice to every human condition, everything we might feel or express or want to kind of uh, have a way of talking to God about. The Psalms give us a kind of language to do this. And that's what's so beautiful about them. But in the Psalms, we realize that it's not just about us speaking to God, it's also Him speaking to us. And unlike any other, our God is a speaking God. And that's the first thing that we see from Psalm 29 this morning, that our God is a speaking God. That's what we learn about the voice of the Lord, that his voice is louder than any other voice, that his voice is over everything. As the psalm begins, David, who's written the psalm, he calls the people, the heavens, to worship. He calls them to behold the beauty and the splendor of the Lord. And then he says in verse three, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. This psalm is all about the awesome, powerful nature of the voice of the Lord. David directs most of his language towards comparing how great God is. His voice, the the voice of the Lord, is over even the mightiest of storms. In fact, seven times he says again and again the phrase, the voice of the Lord. Almost every voice has God's name, Yahweh, in the verse. He's at the center of this psalm, but he's also at the center of all things. Even the waters that cover and rage over the earth, the Lord is over them. And getting just a little bit into the context of the psalm of David's time when it was written, he's deliberately setting up the Lord as greater, as over even the the pagan gods that were worshipped at the time, the commonly worshipped Baal, who was known to be the storm god. He's reminding them, reminding the Israelite people that Yahweh the Lord is over every other name. His voice is the voice that is loudest. Now, we may today not find ourselves in times are tough, turning to to look to Baal or other small idols, but actually our culture today is flooded with voices, with voices crying out for our attention. I think the voice that calls out to me most days pretty regularly is the voice that comes through my phone, through continual kind of algorithms prompting things that make me think I need them or comparing myself to things that I think I need. Or the voice of news cycles continually bombarding us with news of the brokenness of the world around us. It can almost become like white noise, there's so much of it. Or the voice of cultural trends or family or societal pressures, feeling like we need to act, look, live in a certain way or just the voice of political ideologies competing for attention, or even the voice of our flesh that brings self-doubt, anger, envy, things that we'd rather not admit to, or the voice of the enemy, the accuser, the father of lies. Did God really say the voice that makes us question the truth about who God is? It can easily become so easy to get overwhelmed by the many, many voices that we hear in our day-to-day. Yet in Psalm 29, we can take heart 
that the voice of the Lord is found right in the midst of the storm, that these other voices are no match for the voice of the Lord. And in fact, hearing his voice cuts through all these other voices and brings us back into that place of awe and reverence at who God really is. David echoes again and again the awesome greatness of the voice of the Lord because he knows that victory is found in his name, that there is no other comparison, that he is the voice that reigns over it all, that right from the very beginning, God spoke in Genesis. God said, let there be light that he's the same God that spoke to his ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, Moses. He's the God that spoke from the mountains. He's the God that spoke through the prophets. In the midst of whatever storms we may be facing today, God speaks a better word. And his is the most life-transforming voice that we can ever hear. And something amazing happens when we grasp that the Lord isn't just a speaking God, He doesn't just speak kind of out there, but he wants to speak individually to us today, wherever you are, whatever you've been through, he wants to speak to you. And you might be here thinking, okay, Emily, sure, that's great. Yeah, I can handle that. The Lord speaks, but I can't just pick up my phone and dial nine, kind of hotline to God, what do you have to say to me today? Or kind of whoop, WhatsApp message, you know, daily update from the Lord. What what does he want to say to me today? Or perhaps if I'm facing kind of a crossroads, a difficult decision to make. I don't get an email with sort of a a download of this is what's next, this is what you need to do, this is where you need to go. Probably not. I mean, great if you have had that. But um, whether you're a new Christian or you've been following the Lord for a long time or you're even just exploring faith, our God is a speaking God and his desire is to speak to each and every one of us. I can really recommend a great book by Pete Gregg who founded the 24-7 prayer movement called How to Hear God. It's a great guide kind of drawing from um, ancient wisdom and modern people just to show and talk through the kind of everyday ways in which we can learn to hear from God that actually the answer to so much of the struggles and pains we face is actually found in the ancient practice of hearing God's voice. And God has spoken and speaks today in so many different ways. The main way that I find he speaks to me today is through his word, is through the scriptures. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16, all scripture is breathed by, is God breathed and is useful. He speaks today through the Holy Spirit, through the giving of of prophecy, of dreams, of visions, and many different ways. He speaks as we gather together to worship. How beautiful was that time of worship as we come together, as we gather as God's people. He speaks through the things that we do on a Sunday. But ultimately, as the writer of Hebrews says in in chapter one, verse one, it says, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. Jesus, he's the image of the invisible God and he sustains the the world through his powerful word. Jesus is what God's voice sounds like. He's the logos. He's the living word of God. And what a beautiful thing that we can come to him today and hear God's voice. I remember one of the first times I was given um, a prophetic word through someone when I was just coming back to church for the first time. There was a lot going on in my life and a lot of signs and things were happening and it was almost a little bit like I was kind of swept off my feet and I needed a sense of just sort of being hold on to the fact that, God, is this, is this really you? Is this all who you are? Because I'm getting a bit confused by everything going on right now. And I was in a time of worship at a church. It was actually my parents' church. And a young woman, and quite a lot younger than me, kind of reached out to me in the worship to, to hold my hand. And I was just touched that 
she wanted to hold my hand. I thought, that's very sweet. Then she said, I have a verse for you. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And she pointed, opened up her Bible, and she pointed to John chapter 6, verse 26. It says this, Jesus answers, very truly I tell you, you were looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. And in that moment, that word, that ancient truth of scripture just pierced my heart. It was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. Yes, there had been many signs and miracles and things going on, but ultimately, if you were to ask me why I'd put my trust in Jesus, why I knew that God was real, that he loved me, that he'd transformed my life, it's because I was empty and now I had been filled, that I'd tasted of his goodness, that he'd come into my life. That word has remained true today and that word brought me back to who I was and who Jesus is to me. And the same God who spoke all those years ago is still speaking today and longs to speak to each and every one of us. Which brings me secondly to what we see in this psalm today, that the voice of the Lord is powerful. David goes on in verse four and five, he says, the voice of the Lord is powerful, the voice of the Lord is majestic, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars, the voice of the Lord, break, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. Now the cedars of Lebanon were known in the ancient times as incredibly strong, the largest, most spectacular trees of the area, often used to build important structures. The voice of the Lord can tear these down in a breath. He goes on verse six, he makes Lebanon leap like the calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. He's talking about the mountains there. The voice of the Lord can shake even the immovable mountains. We see as he goes on that all of creation responds to the Lord's voice. The, Lord, the voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks. Another translation of the Hebrew there is the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. Even life itself responds to the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord has the power to demolish any other power. And in actual fact, when we hear his voice, when we meet him in the scriptures, when we come before him in prayer, our response should be, as we read in this psalm, with all others in the temple, to cry, glory. To be in awe, in reverence, at the mention of his name. And it is easy at times to just become almost too familiar with the splendor and holiness of his name. Yet Jesus calls us not only to listen to the voice of the Lord, but to listen and obey, to put into practice the teachings of his words. You know, Jesus himself modeled this so beautifully. When he came, he said, I've come to do the Father's will. He heard the Father's voice, and he did as the Father instructed him. Do you remember, or you might have seen the, the HMV logo? The, the music store, the record label, I think it's made a bit of a comeback, but the original logo of HMV was a little dog sat listening intensively to the gramophone speaker. And I was reading actually this week that it was inspired, this logo, by a, a painting by a man named Francis Barard. And actually that painting then took on the name, that's what inspired the name of the company. And the story goes about this painting that it was a painting of a little dog called Nipper. And this, the man, the artist, he had a brother named Mark. And when Mark passed away, he inherited this dog and the gramophone. And he used to play records of his brother's voice, his brother singing. And this little dog, Nipper, any time he heard the voice, he'd come and just sit by the megaphone and listen. And that's what ended, led him to paint that painting and in fact call it his master's voice. And Pete Gregg in his book, How to Hear God's Voice, says this. He says, hearing his voice, hearing Jesus' voice, is not so much a skill we must master. Therefore, as a master, we must meet. All the other ways in which God communicates through the Bible, 
prophecy, dreams, visions, and so on, come through Jesus and point us back to him. So my question is today to you is, do you know the master's voice? Have you met him? Do you long and desire to sit at Jesus' feet to listen to his words to you today? You know, sadly, so much damage has been done throughout church history through people falsely speaking um, the words of the Lord. But these words will never last. They are not eternal words. And again, I, I want to say on behalf of the church, I'm sorry for words that you have experienced in church that have been false, that are not of God. But this is why more than ever, we need to be a church of people who worship the Lord in spirit and truth, who draw deeply from the word of God, who are attentive to the voice of the spirit, not getting tossed around and confused by the spirit of the age, but who listen with reverence and attentiveness to the powerful voice of the Lord each day. Because Jesus' voice is the one true voice, the voice of the image of the invisible God. His is the voice that has the words of eternal life. His is the voice that speaks with kindness and tenderness to the marginalized and the poor. His is the voice that silences the wind and the waves. His is the voice that teaches heavenly wisdom that still reverberates through history today, that we still draw upon today. His is the voice that rebuked religious hypocrisy. His is the voice that healed the sick. His is the voice that sets the oppressed and the demonized free. His is the voice that called out to Lazarus from the beyond the grave, come out, that brought life into his body. His is the voice that cried out on the cross as he took upon him the sin and the shame of ourselves, the voice that cried out, it is finished. His is the voice that calls out us to repent and be baptized to receive the precious gift of new life. His is the voice that promised the sending of the Holy Spirit that we would be clothed with power from on high. His is the voice that sounds like the rushing of many waters. It's the voice that will one day return and judge between the living and the dead and restore all, new, all things. His is the voice that promises at the end of the Bible. He says, surely I am coming soon. He is with us till the very end of the age. His is the all-powerful, eternal logos, the voice of truth we must listen to today. Which brings me thirdly to the voice of the Lord brings strength and peace. It's the voice of the Lord that people need to hear around us today. And whether it's a booming voice or just a quiet, deep sense of peace that comes over us, this psalm instructs us that it's from hearing the voice of the Lord in verse 11 that we receive strength and peace. David says, the Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. And you know, this matters so much because we can't even begin to face the kind of complexities of everyday life, the changing tides of the world around us, without intimately knowing for ourselves the voice of the Lord. I want you for a moment just to imagine that you're an artist, that you're, you might be, that's just great, but you've been given a commission to paint a painting of peace, or perhaps for the more modern techie around you, or if you like photography, your Instagram kind of competition that you're entering, the, the tagline is just peace. And just picture, what would you paint if you were asked to picture, paint a picture of peace? Perhaps for some of you, it might be a beautiful kind of scene of creation, the sun rising, forest somewhere with light coming in or by still waters. Perhaps it's more of a domestic scene, something in your house, just a peaceful, serene place kids have gone to bed or just quiet in the house. Well, there was a competition that, uh, that was for precisely this, where artists were asked to paint 
a picture of peace. And the painting that won wasn't necessarily the most kind of thing you'd, ex you'd expect to see painting a picture of peace. It wasn't any of these sorts of images. The painting that won was actually a painting of a storm raging. It was up against a cliff, waves were crashing in, lightning breaking in over, trees bending under the weight of the wind. A dark, stormy painting. Yet right in the midst of it, if you look right into the center, buried into the cliff, you can just see a mother bird nestling her chicks, sheltered under the cleft of the rock. This is what won the painting of peace, that peace was not to be found in the absence of the storm without any of the chaos. It was actually to be found right in the midst of it. And this is often the peace and the strength that we find as we come to, the voice, come to hear the voice of the Lord. We find shelter even in the midst of the storms around us as we come under the wings of the Lord Almighty. C.S. Lewis says this in his book, The Problem of Pain. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Often we do hear the voice of the Lord loudest in the darkest times. So take courage, whatever situation you might be facing, to come to him today, to experience his safety, his peace, and his strength. Because finally, how do we grow in discerning and hearing the voice of the Lord? How do we experience more of this strength and peace and joy in hearing his voice? Not just on Sundays as we gather together to worship, but in our everyday, in our working weeks, how do we be people that are listening and attentive to the voice of the Lord? Well, I believe it's a lifelong adventure of following Jesus, and it's something I myself long to grow in. But I think an important foundation that we've learned from this psalm is that it begins and ends in worship. That actually, as, as David calls the people to, to give the Lord praise, to, to worship him, he then ends his psalm by saying, and the Lord will give you strength and peace. And it's why, you know, when we come together to worship, I don't know how you're often feeling at 10 o'clock in the morning, on a Sunday morning, you might be feeling ready to go for it to worship. You might be a bit bleary-eyed or have just other things going on in your mind. But as we fix our heart and minds on Jesus, as we sing these words, as we speak them to him, it's as if we then experience what he wants to say over us, as we have that experience of his, the sweetness of his presence in worship. Remember, hearing God's voice is ultimately about getting closer to Jesus, about friendship with him. And as we remind him, ourselves of who God is, as we come together in church, as we set aside time daily to spend time with him, we grow in hearing the voice of the Lord. I'd say there's almost a direct correlation in my ability to, to hear God's voice the time that I spend with him each day in the mornings for me in his presence. And, you know, that's going to look differently for each and every one of us, depending on our routines. It could be actually just getting up a little bit earlier, or it could be on our commute, or it can be just times of quiet that we might find in our day-to-day. -day. But as the prophet Isaiah says, I love this verse, in chapter 50, verse 4 to 5, he says, The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. There is no shortcut for this. There's something beautiful about daily coming before God, being expectant, asking the Holy Spirit to speak the words of the Lord to you that, that day. I encourage you to, to open up your Bibles this week to, to get yourself into a routine. It might be just starting in the Psalms, picking a Psalm each day to meditate on, or using a gospel. Whatever it is, finding ways to stay in the Word of God, to let the voice of the Lord speak to you each day. 
apps. It's about having accountability with a friend, someone that you can read a, a chapter or, or a book of the Bible with together. There's lots of great apps and resources out there. There's different pathways that we love to kind of make space for in the church here, things like Good Ground, Breakground, Alpha if you're new or exploring faith. Fasting can also be another really helpful way to just kind of drown out the other voices and make space and clarity to hear the voice of the Lord. One of my faith heroes, Corrie ten Boom, who was a Dutch Christian who um, helped many Jews during the war and herself ended up becoming a prisoner of war, she said this, she said, if you want to hear God's voice clearly and you are uncertain, then remain in his presence until he changes this uncertainty. Often much can happen during this waiting for the Lord. Sometimes he changes pride into humility, doubt into faith and peace, sometimes lust into purity. The Lord can and will do it. You know, even in the waiting, even in the silence, we can still find strength and peace from the voice of the Lord. I told you at the beginning about my accidental silent retreat with the nuns, which was a bit of a frustrating time. But there was a moment just as before I left, um, at the end of, believe it or not, just this 24 hours that you would have thought it would have been like a week, the amount of stress it caused me. But at the end of the time, um, I just sat in the lovely garden that was next to, to the retreat centre. It was an orchard. And I actually, as I sat down and looked out over this orchard, I did begin to hear the voice of the Lord just gently whispering to me. I saw all these apple trees and it was almost comical how many apples were on the trees that season. It was like they'd had the biggest crop ever, that the apples couldn't even contain the trees. They couldn't collect them quick enough, that the, the floor was just covered in a sea of apples. And I just felt this sense of kind of joy coming over me as I looked out. And the scripture, familiar scripture, just came to my mind from Matthew chapter 9. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray earnestly for the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. And it's a familiar verse, but at that moment, it just felt like it had a particular resonance to the season that I was entering into, that this is a time of great harvest, that many people are open and searching for the Lord, but how important it is for us to be a people that pray and that seek that he would send out many workers into the harvest. Just this last week at the Summer Psalm series, I was sat with a group, and there was one young woman who's only been coming to this church for a couple of months. And she prayed with us for the first time. She prayed out loud for the first time. She was so touched by what she was experiencing here. People are being drawn into this place. And the incredible invitation for each and every one of us is to be those that can speak the voice of the Lord to others, that will sow seeds, that will offer words of truth to the people around us. To be people that not only listen, but obey. In, our, in that, become a megaphone, if you like, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, because the voice of the Lord is over everything. The voice of the Lord is powerful, and the voice of the Lord brings strength and peace to us each day. Can I invite you to stand? Perhaps the band will come up. We're going to make space together to listen to the voice of the Lord. <laughs>